Welcome back to Three Blokes and the Rugby League podcast. This is the Super League section of the weekend's games. Obviously, very, very brief this weekend in the Super League as it does return from the COVID-19 pandemic lockdown that stopped the Super League from running. Only two games this weekend, the St. Helens against the Catalan Dragons and the Huddersfield Giants against the Leeds Rhinos, both at the Emerald Headingley Stadium. Over the next couple of weeks, if people aren't aware, they're going to try and cram in all the weekend's games into one stadium, almost like a magic round weekend. Um, very little to talk about this week. We'll cover both games very briefly, and then myself, Jed and Joss will talk about what we think the Super League ladder will look like at the end of the season, who are kind of potentially standout performers, um, like, you know, the top of the table type teams as well. And we might even talk a little bit about Wakefield, who is our, obviously, it's all our bread and butter. It's our teams that we've followed all our life. So anyway, um, the first game of the weekend, St. Ellen's beat Catalan Dragons 34-6. It was 16-0 at halftime. Some of the try scorers for St. Ellen's, Lachlan Coop got a try. James Bentley, Zeb Taylor, um, Lachlan Coop got a second try, actually. And Tommy Makinson as well. Lachlan Coop actually got the top um, Man of Steel points as well. He got three points for that one. I think St. Ellen's are just kind of that type of team, Jed, that will just all, always kind of churn out a victory. <laughs> they, they're just kind of that team. <laughs> they're, they're superb at doing it. They do it every year. You know, they, they kind of say it's a St. Ellen's type of performance. They, they, they won the grand final last year. They got some really good talents who might even should be playing NRL. Um, Alex Wormsley, Tommy Makinson. What, what, do you, what do you think of St. Ellen's as a team? And obviously quite an easy victory against the Catalan Dragons. Yeah, I was a bit unsure, but I couldn't really make head the tails of these weekends' game. You don't know how teams are going to come back and respond. Obviously, St. Ellen's didn't have the best start to the season. I think they'd, I think they'd won three, lost two, or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it was a very St. Helens-like performance. Um, that worked well. It was just nice for them to get back into the swing of things. And I mean, Catalan didn't put up much of a fight, but yeah, fought, fought them really well. Thought Zeb Taylor played really well. He's an assist, if no one's seen it, for St. Helens' first try. It was just kind of a little flick, but flick back on the inside, which is a little, even harder to do than just flick along the line. And then I got on the score sheet later on as well. Yeah, I thought he went he went really well. Lomax and Farge linked together well in the halves as they have done for the last season and a half, really. Uh, Catalan's defence was quite poor. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was pretty much, if there hadn't have been COVID, that's sort of the kind of result that you wouldn't be expecting anyway. So it, it was nice for Saints to just pick up where they've sort of uh, left off from last season and obviously start building to uh, getting that championship back and retaining it. Yeah, the Catalan Dragons just never, ever, ever seem to travel, you know, in 10-plus in years of played Super League. It just seems to be a real Achilles heel of their game. One bloke who did actually stand out for me for St. Helens was James Bentley. He, he, I think Phil Clark said on commentary, or Terry O'Connor said, he reminds him of a young John Bateman. Obviously, I mean, he's got the same initials. He plays in the same position, and he started at Bradford Bulls. He, he really stood out for me, and he, he kind of seemed that type of grubby-type player. He didn't, he didn't really care about who he was playing against. You know, who was tackling, who was tackling him, what type of balls he was getting. He was putting his hand up for every single run. Really impressed me. And I think if he carries on, and obviously he started this game in the second row position alongside Zeb Taylor and Morgan Knowles at loose forward. I think he's one of them for a bit for the future. I mean, St. Helens have, have got, you know, years and decades of bringing through brilliant talent, you know, James Graham and James Roby in the past decade or so. I think he's definitely one to look out for. Jed, talk to me very briefly about the Bradford Bulls Academy and some of their players that have come through. Yeah, I think with that cohort where you had obviously Johnny Bateman come through, obviously Bentley, like you said, 
I think back then it was just known as just turning out these obviously world-class young players time after time. And obviously it's, it's quite sad, obviously, what's happened to the Bulls over recent years because it's such a hotbed around the areas, the whole of obviously the M62 corridor and Yorkshire is, uh, that they've sort of fallen on hard times. So they don't seem to be producing the players that they once was. But I think a lot of Bradford players who have come through that academy seem to have the sort of, like, that, like you were saying, that grubbiness, like they don't really care. Bateman's obviously famous for it. He's well known, a wind-up merchant on the pitch. Obviously, don't care. Gets into the little niggly stuff, uh, and it sort of is a really Bradford way. But we've seen a lot of players come through like that. And obviously, one good thing if Bradford do have a resurgence, it'd be nice to see more of them players carry on coming through, Jamie. Yeah, you look at the Catalan Dragons lineup as well. Israel Falau, James Maloney, Josh Drinkwater, Remy Casti, Michael McAlorum. Benjamin Garcia, Sam Moa, really top top Super League style players. A couple of them also played NRL in the time. Just not a good enough performance for me. And although it kind of what you, you kind of expect, like a sticks and stones type of performance from Catalan Dragons. Team who probably will end up mid-table, might make the playoffs, might not, but you'd expect St. Ellis to kind of be up there at the back end of the season as well. Looking at the next game was was probably more the entertaining game of the of the two over this weekend. Huddersfield Giants 26, Leeds Rhinos 27, went to Golden Point. Our man, Matty English, had a really good performance. And I think a lot of the younger Huddersfield players really stood up as well. Your Darnell McIntosh got a hat-trick um, and ended up getting three points in the Man of Steel Awards. Really impressive performance, Joss. And, and someone who you know as well from the past, Aidan Caesar's really standing up this season. Yeah, he's, uh, he's just guiding around the park, really. Isn't he? He's got, obviously got Gasper, who's in some good form, uh, as we saw over the weekend, putting uh, McIntosh in. But... He's just a calm head. You've got to think he started seven in the grand final last season in the NRL. So he's probably the signing that um, I just have needed since Danny Buff left a few years ago when he was in control outside. We just look a bit aside with him in it all together. He's, uh, well, we know he can defend. He's a guaranteed two points that we talked about with the Tigers. But he's, uh, yeah, very impressive. I think actually, I managed to actually watch this game. I very rarely watch Super League that doesn't involve Wakefield. And Leeds were pretty awful for about an hour, 65 minutes, and then they kind of pulled pulled the game out of the backside. A few contentious refereeing decisions, in my opinion, that kind of led them that way. But, you know, you look at Luke Gale, who's who's been there and done it with Cass in England, and he's kind of led them out and, and obviously put in a real captain's performance, got them the drop goal at the end. Joss, so just, just kind of highlight for me a couple of the ex-NRL players, Conrad Hurrell, Reese Martin, Arvissi, Amana Fanai, Matt Pryor, who you've obviously seen in the past, their experience is going to be really key for Leeds Rhinos. Yeah, I think Matt Pryor is a really good pickup, especially for Leeds. Obviously, they've been a bit off the boil the last few years and they've needed someone in pack with a bit of steel who's going to lead them around pack. And I think Matt Pryor is a great signing. Conrad Earl, obviously, is a strike weapon, as you mentioned earlier on, but he scores tries for fun. And then, obviously, you've got your Gales, who you've mentioned, guiding them around pack in the middle. They just look a. Uh, well, they look stronger than they were, and um, I'm most impressed with Reese Martin. I think this is one of the best uh, performances in the Middle East shirt so far. Yeah, and he, you know, Reese Martin actually is a goal kicker as well, and he's a very rare second row goal kicker. I know separately outside of this podcast, we have kind of a predictions contest, and last year I predicted him as being the Dally M second rower of the year, and they ended up signing for Leeds. But he's, he's putting in some cracking performances, and he'll, he'll probably do well for Leeds on the outside edge. I'm not sure where they've got the money from to sign these type of players, but I think that's uh, out of our jurisdiction um, as well. But they, 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 they've got some really top top class players, and especially, like you said, Matt Pryor is an NRL standard prop. He's played for New South Wales. He's won a premiership with uh, with Cronulla. And they've got a good side there. They're sitting pretty at the top of the table. And 
you know, they, they came out of the Golden Point victory, Jed. What, what's your opinions on, on Golden Point in general, not just in Super League? Um, I can see why it is appealing. Obviously, it does bring a lot of excitement to it, but I think it's, it's very unfair. If we look at this game in particular, you can say what you want. Yeah, maybe Huddersfield definitely should have held on, but they were the better team. They, they didn't deserve to lose that game. One thing personally for me, which obviously I don't run Super League, I don't run NRL, obviously, but just my opinion, I would still keep Golden Point, but I would have the team that loses in Golden Point still get a point. So it's like they've sort of had a draw, but the, there is still something to play for. That's just my opinion. And then I think, obviously, if, if you're in that core scenario, and especially teams who might have a little bit more experience and a cool head, getting into that golden point scenario, they're usually going to win. I think if you look at Hull SC, I think I think they've won every single golden point they've been a part of. I know they beat Wakey in a golden point one time. Mark Sneed obviously dropped them over. But that's sort of, it plays to the team's advantage. Is that down to the coach? Is it then irresponsible of the coach to train for golden point situations? You don't really want to be training for that because you want to close the game out sooner than that as the coach's perspective. But yeah, I don't know. I see the positives, I see the negatives, but I think that it's very unfair on teams such as this week in Huddersfield to come out of that game with nothing when they definitely didn't deserve to come out with nothing. Yeah, personally, I'm very vocal on this. I absolutely hate the golden point when it's outside of a cup competition or a playoff or a grand final, obviously, where you need a clear winner. I think in a league competition, in a straight shootout, I absolutely hate it. It's not needed at all. Rugby is an 80-minute game. You, you, you play, you talk from a, a young age that rugby is an 80-minute game. You play for 80 minutes. I think if you if both teams have earned a draw and in this game, the, the performance that Leeds put on in the last 10, 15 minutes probably earned them a draw. The, the reason why Super League and obviously the NRL have been doing it for a long time is to kind of enhance that entertainment within the game. I don't think we need it. I think if we're looking at entertainment, we need to kind of look at the grassroots. We need to look at reserves. We need to look at bringing through shining talents. We need to look at the international game. We need to look at the Polynesian talents coming through, the South Pacific Islanders. We need to look at London. We need to look at Wales. We need to look further down south. I think pushing even further, we need to look at America and Canada, which we have been doing. Jamaica is up there at the minute, really coming through. I think pushing this entertainment factor of having two, three extra minutes just to kind of have a drop goal contest. And obviously, like you said, Kevin Sinfield in his day would have been rubbing his hands at this type of game. It'd have been kicking him over from wherever he wherever he can. Luke Gale and Mark Sneed are just laughing if if Hull or Leeds go into a golden point. I don't think it's needed. I think it's a bit of a joke actually, and I don't like it at all. I, I just I just think if if a team really grinds out an eighty minute performance and earns a draw, they deserve a point. I don't mind your scenario actually if if you really do believe that you have to have a golden point. You know the losing team still gets that point and the winning team gets the extra point. But in any other sport. You know, I know you have injury time in football and you might have a bit of extra time in other sports, but in no other sport in the entire world you have an extra a, a golden point aspect. You play to the set minutes of the confinements of the game that you've learned your entire life and you shouldn't have to play anything extra unless it's a knockout competition. I don't like it and I never have liked it. And earlier on this season when Wakefield lost a hull in the golden point, we had a fantastic performance. We, we earned a draw, we earned a point, and then you walk away with nothing. It demoralised the team, it demoralised the fans. It, it, it loses the confidence of the players and the staff and I just don't like it all for the quote-unquote entertainment. You know, the, the viewing figures aren't going up. The, the fans in the stadium aren't going up so I don't know who they're attracting. In my opinion, don't like it, never will. I'd rather see the back of it in the game and, and rather put the entertainment factor in other areas as well. Any, anything to add to that, Joss? No, I completely agree with you. It's, like you said, imagine Wakefield going to St. Helens 
grafting for 75 minutes, paint score, square game up, and then go kick a drop goal because they're not not playing rugby for 75 minutes. It, it, it's, it's not for us. Well, it's not for me anyway. I think, like you said, you get your 80 minutes and then that's your result, in it? You play for 80. You, like Jimmy said, you, you get told to play for 80 minutes and then what? When you're flat out on your feet, struggling for breath. What if someone gets seriously hurt in Golden Point? It's just a unneeded hazard in my eyes and I reckon we get away with it and look at other avenues to try and boost. Very you and the excitement. Sorry, Jimmy. No, it's all right, mate. I thought you'd, thought you'd round it off there. But I'm going to say very briefly, we, we won't actually cover every single team before we move on to the predictor ladder. Obviously, us three hometown Wakefield boys. Jed, we'll come to you first. How do you think Wakefield Trinity, the greatest team in the world, just ahead of the West Tigers? Um, how do you think we'll get on this season in the Super League? And how do you think we could potentially get on in the Challenge Cup? Um, I would definitely put my emphasis on the Challenge Cup because I don't think we'll get to that top five. Um, as much as it pains, I'd love to say that. I mean, a couple of years ago, I'd be saying, yeah, top five, definitely pushing on. And we obviously got fifth place back to back, but there's only four teams in the knockout, in the playoffs then, as it were, which pretty much sums up Wakey as a whole. Obviously, putting it, getting there, then when it matters, then we can't really do it sort of thing. Um, I think, yeah, definitely tar- target the Challenge Cup. I think we can, with the draw, obviously that's just come out. I think we can definitely beat Catalan and then I think, obviously, I can't remember if we get through to the next round, is it Salford or is it the vice Salford, versa? Yeah. I think we could definitely do that. And I, I personally, I've never seen my team get to a final. I'd love to have a day out at Wembley. Obviously, I've been to the Challenge Cup before, as we all have. I'd love to go and, and see Wakey there. Or just to get to that and, and feel it, as I think pretty much, I think Wakey ever on the longest drought of not getting to Wembley like for 40 plus years now. So, yeah, I'd love that. In terms of the league, I think we'll be come around about maybe a sixth, seventh, eighth spot. Maybe sixth is even a little bit too pushed, but I'll put us around about the eighth spot. I think we'll get there. I think um, hopefully maybe I'll get proved wrong. We can put some forms together, obviously. It's hard thinking, obviously, the only five games gone. Obviously, there's still quite a long way to go. But, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I think our seventh, eighth spot is where we'll be, but I would love to see us a little bit higher, hopefully. Let me pose this question to you, Joss. Say Wakefield beat Catalan, they beat Salford, they get a... A, you know, a comfortable draw in the semis and the beat whoever. Would you rather us not get to a final or would you rather us get to a final and not have any fans in the stadium? Uh, well, I think we're winning Golden Point at Wembley, so... <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. I'd want to go. I'd want to be here. So... But I, uh, if it had to be this year, then I'd take some silverware or another silverware. You can still watch it. Obviously, it won't be the same as being there and being with boys, but I'd rather have some silverware than no silverware, especially after the rough year we've had. I agree. I think it's really tough because it's pure, purely selfish reasons on myself and my family who've watched for, my granddad's watched for, you know, 60, 65 years. And to say that Wakefield finally gets to Wembley for the first time in, in 40 plus years and to not be there, it would be heartbreaking. But, you know, like you said, the first bit of silverware since uh, na- the late 90s when we actually got promoted to the Super League would be really something to, to harp home about. But it would be classic Wakefield luck to get to a final and not have anybody be able to go. Um, I think we stand a good chance. I think we can beat Catalan. I think if we get through, I think we can beat Salford. And obviously we've been to the semi-final a couple of years ago and we got pretty much creamed by Warrington. Um, but it's tough when you get through because then bigger teams like Warrington, Wigan, St. Ellens really do play for a cup final and they love the Wembley. Moving on, you know, a bit more looking at our playing squad. Tom Johnston always will stand out for us as long as he plays for us. 
I love our youth aspect at the minute. Looking at the squad, I think we've got about eight or nine youth academy products in our entire squad. You know, you look at your Jack Croft, Connor Bailey, James Batchelor, Yusuf Aydin, uh, Tom Johnston. I'm sure there's other few names that I haven't mentioned as well. Kyle Wood, all the many years ago. Danny Bruff, who's obviously pushing his retirement now. Max Jowett. You know, it's, it's really impressive what we've been doing in the past couple of years, Jed. And compared to when we were growing up, we'd be lucky to have one. Yeah, I'd, I'd, it's such. Even obviously, last season was quite a massive disappointment from the two seasons prior, where we obviously were at the top end of the table and obviously didn't made it survived on the last day of the season, essentially beating Broncos, which has become a Wakefield trait that we've become accustomed to over the years, boys. But yeah, it's, it's nice to be in such a strong scenario. Obviously, I think the only thing that we are missing now is is obviously getting that stadium, which is obviously a whole separate issue, which I won't touch on. But bringing through youth products is such a it's something that I, that we are really proud of. I know and a lot of the fans love seeing that we've brought all this young talent through and, and it's nice. And not only that, we play nice rugby. We do play attractive rugby. And not only that, we've, we've signed big names in the past. Obviously, the big bopper day for feet. Obviously, everybody knew about him before he came over. And just to be able to attract players like that, along with the youth product, it's just uh, regardless, obviously, the, the performance on the pitch, it's nice not to have to worry about the off-pitch shenanigans for a change. Like, that's not really a worry. Now we can put all our focus onto obviously or what's what's happening on the pitch and it's nice to have that sort of like that safety and that 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 I don't know it's hard to word but it's just nice to be able to be comfortable that everything behind the scenes is running smoothly because we haven't had that for so long and to have that now yeah it's nice to be able to focus on these other things such as the youth and uh, be focusing on the positives. We might go into this in the, in the next couple of weeks Josh just highlighting one player from each club but if you know if, if the total you know, nobody who, who's never watched rugby league before to ask you which bloke should I watch for Wakefield and why? Who, who are you telling him or her? See, I'd want to say Matty Ashurst because I love Matty Ashurst, but I think you'd have to you'd have to look at someone like Tom Johnston just for his excitement factor. You, you know, you can't really name many better finishers in the league, maybe Makinson, but for me, you have a Johnson. Then if you go into forwards, obviously it's going to be David Peter, isn't it? Yeah. Not many props can do what he does and go full length of the field and set up tries. So, if uh, I was talking to someone who didn't know, I'd probably name one of them too. Yeah, it's exciting. I think, like Jed said, we've got a very exciting team, but it's just a bit uncertain times at the minute. And I think looking at the league table, there probably are a few stronger teams than us. But if, if, if very similar to the West Tigers, Wakefield can turn over any team on the day. But unfortunately, we could probably also lose to any team in our day. Um, so I think it's, it's exciting next week. We play the Wigan Warriors in our return game, who were top of the table, but now sit second. And then we've got the Warrington Wolves the week after, who are once again a super impressive side. But, you know, you look at, you look at a league ladder like Super League, which can change from time to time. There's probably no real hard games in there. Kind of looking overall, Jed, at the league ladder, come, come October, November time, I'm not sure the end of the, the altered season for COVID. Who do you have in the new 11-team Super League in the top four? So, my top four in fourth place, I have Warrington. In third place, as much as this pains me more than anything, I have Castleford. Uh, in second, I have Saints. And then top of the table, I have Wigan Warriors. I think uh, they're really strong. I think Castleford were really good. I think they've had a couple of off-seasons. Not off-seasons, but like from that high when they got to the grand final in 2017, they've not really matched up to that. And at the top... A lot of people saying, do they need to break that team up and start again? But the start of the season on really good form and playing really beautiful, attractive rugby league. And uh, yes, yeah, so I think they'll go really well. And then Wigan Saints warring are up there every year. But yeah, that'd be my top four, mate. Who's the rest of the ladder, mate? Who do you have in bottom position working up? 
Uh, we've got a good friend called Newton, and uh, he always gives wakey digs. So if you listen, Newton, Ulkayar, bottom of the table, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I don't think they've got enough quality in the squad. I think they put poor performances in. I, I don't really see if they have anything not to offer. Uh, I've got Ulkayar uh, sitting uh, on the wooden spoon at the moment, Jamie. Superb. Who's sitting above them, mate? Who do you have above? So I've got Salford in 10th, Catalan in 9. We saw this week they don't travel well, especially with all the current situation that is going on in the world. I've got Wakefield, I've then got OFC, Huddersfield at 6th. I'd have probably put them in 5th uh, before this weekend's game, but not being able to close that game out has maybe dealt them a little bit. Uh, and then Leeds in 5th. You know what, mate? I actually have a very similar league ladder in front of me. I, I think this isn't just because, obviously, we're Wakefield fans, but I don't think Leeds will stick out in the top four. I think they'll just be in that 5th, 6th position, along with Hull and um, Catalan as well, and does. I think there'll be a top four of Wigan, Cass, Saints and Wire. I think there'll then be a middle four of Leeds, Hull, Catalan and Huddersfield. And then there'll probably be us, Salford and OK at the bottom. I won't give any specific positions because I still think like we could probably sneak into the middle four. I could probably even see Leeds or Huddersfield reaching that top four because they've got that real good standard. I just think Hulkear and Salford this year are probably just lacking a little bit extra of what other teams do. Depending on how they come out of lockdown, they might come out a different total kettle of fish. Obviously, the Mossy Masai kind of inspiration for Hulkear might send them unbeaten for the entire of the year. One thing about Super League is if we do just have any pure NRL listeners, Super League can be turned on its head within a, within a, a flip of the coin somehow. It's just one of them competitions, but we do kind of have a mainstay top four, top five teams that are up there every single season, and it's kind of up to the rest to kind of fill the gaps. Joss, do, do, does your predictor differ from ours much? Uh, it's pretty similar. So in 11th, I KR, 10th, uh, Salford. I've got Wakefield 9th after winning Challenge Cup in Golden Point against Saints. <laughs> I've got Catalan 8th, OSC 7th, Huddersfield 6th, Leeds 5th. Cast fourth, as painful as it is. Warrington third, Wigan second, and Saints on top. Spot on. Just very quickly, Joss, who do you have, who do you have to win the grand final? Uh, can't be Wakefield, can it? Uh, I'd have to say Saints. I just think this six again rule is going to really benefit them. Um, I think Graham coming back is perfect time. I, I just can't see that. I can't see him getting beaten in grand final. So, uh, if, I, if I'm a betting man, I go Saints. Spot on, mate. But good, good prediction. It's, it's very, it's very Stonewall as well. I think they'll definitely be there, be, be thereabouts. Jed, very quickly, you know, totally different world. Peter Valandis gives you one pick and one pick alone. Who is the best player, best British player to be playing Super League at the minute? Who deserves a chance in the NRL? Ah, oh, that's a tough question. Um, I think. As a Wakey fan, Tom Johnston definitely would deserve a shout. I'm a very big fan of Oliver Gildart. I think he's a, one of their most promising backs. Uh, I'd probably, I wish he obviously was a little bit younger, but I'd probably have to say Alex Wormsley. I think he's perfect. I think he's so suited for the NRL. I think it'd suit him down for the ground. Obviously, he is, I think he's obviously 30, 31 now. Um, but still, I think he's the one that would go the well and definitely perform over there. So, yeah, I'd go Alex Wormsley. Totally agree, actually. And I think I hope he hasn't left it too late. A bit like almost a Callum Watkins who went over, and probably or Ryan Hall who went over a year or two too late. The one who stands out for me after watching the game at the weekend is Morgan Knowles. I think he's got the potential to be really grafting loose forward and someone who obviously kind of suits that NRL type game. You know, he's a Welsh international. I'm not sure if he's the Welsh captain, but he's, he's been he's been the lock forward for St Helens for a couple of years now, and they're kind of trusting him in that position, and he really stands out for me. 
and he's and he's a top top player, and I like that he's, he's a Welsh guy as well. He's not kind of one of these that's coming wants to play for Wales, but when England come calling, he plays for him. He's really proud of his Welsh roots, and he's really digging into St Helens recently as well. What about you, Joss? One one pick, one pick only. Um, I like Johnny Lomax at Saints. He goes well. I can't think of many halfbacks in the Super League better than him. Uh, Matty English, to be fair, goes well at Huddersfield. Shout uh, out, Matty. I don't know. I don't know what I'd go for. Um, I'd have to say Gildart from Wigan. I think he, uh, he runs well, works hard, scores tries. Spot on. Brilliant. Thank, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Super League edition of the Three Blokes and a Rugby League podcast. Just very briefly, next week's fixtures, which will be at the Emerald Headingley Stadium, all available on Sky Sports. We're not sponsored by them, but we might as well get you watching the games if you can do. Um, the Castleford Tigers go up against the Catalan Dragons. The Warrington Wolves go up against the Hull Kingston Rovers. The Salford Red Devils go up against Hull FC. The mighty Wakefield Trinity go up against the Wigan Warriors. And probably the watch- most watchable game of the weekend, the Leeds Rhinos go up against the St. Helens. The St. Helens. Just, just St. Helens as well. The champions of Super League. So thank you everybody for listening to a bit of an extended version, but this will appear on a different episode. Thank you very much to Josh McVitie. Thank you very much to Jed Amos Goddard. And thank you to myself, Jamie Robinson. We shall catch you next week for episode five of Three Blokes and the Rugby League podcast.